Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. To my left, I'm going to reverse it, is Bleep. I just want you to know something. Bleep. Yeah, we call him Bleep. His name's Brian Leslie. And but we have Brian Martin and myself here, so we have all you know. We have three, we have four three, B's and we three Brian's. Exactly crazy, man. So and across from me, hashtag three ninety three, Bradley oh, oh, Ray oh, oh, Dana, oh. DDS, DDS. But hashtag three ninety three. Stop by the phone cave. I always say that, but we'd love to see you. Um, and you'll see why we call him hashtag three ninety three. Great big giant bull, man. I can't wait to see that video, all produced. Um, and then. Uh, to my right, Mountain Man, the Mountain Man, Brian Martin, legendary Brian Martin. So um, happy to have you guys here today. Hey, we're going to talk about DIY. And I think we were going to talk about, and I know we've talked about this before, you know, some Black Bear DIY. And, but some of you guys have sent in messages going, hey, could you get more specific? So we thought today we would talk about antelope and mule deer, DIY. And we'd concentrate on Montana, Colorado, no, uh, Montana, Wyoming, and, um, yeah, we'll leave South Dakota out. Um, <laughs> Colorado. <you>. Yeah, Colorado. <laughs> Montana, Wyoming, uh, Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Uh, <laughs> so, New Mexico, yeah. Yeah, but, but I think, I don't, you guys might know that. I, I would know Wyoming and, and uh, Montana better for DIY stuff, and especially with antelope and mule deer. You know, and I think there's so many people out there that, that would like to, there's so many of us that live back east, and I'm throwing myself in that bucket because I grew up back there, that you're just like, hey, if I knew I could get out there and have a chance at a good deer, I would go. Well, you know what's really, really, really changed things? Like in my lifetime, there, first of all, when I started hunting, I was a map and a compass. That's all they you didn't had. have rifles. They didn't. They they. It was all black powder back then and flintlocks. So um, that 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 was hurtful, Brian. I'm two years older than you. We're in the same demographic. But look at us. You um, look way older. So, than that. but okay. So the transition from having a GPS. Oh, it's crazy to right? a map and a compass because a lot of this stuff, like uh, you know, uh, Montana, for instance, great example. Tons and tons and tons of public land. Um, you know, they have a they have a section. Um, you know, there's a section. A lot of times they're off a road, but they're not marked a state land. Um, so you got BLM, you got state land, you got. I mean, there's so many opportunities. And back when you just grabbed an atlas, 
It was a million, million times harder. Check. I would say that Garmin has changed DIY hunting and should make people yep. more comfortable than never before. Yep. Remember when I first moved here 14, 15 years ago, yep. we would go to the U.S. Forest Service office right. and every buy year get the new. <laughs> go yep, ahead. You'd buy the seven and a half minute topos. Exactly. Uh, quadrangle and, and, you know, you'd tape them together because everything, <laughs> usually you needed two well, of I them just remembered it was always on the line. I was even way less sophisticated than that. I would throw it in my back. <laughs> pack and i would just paper clip the uh um the the this unit to this unit because it was in pages you know it might be 15 pages apart you know to see the bottom of this map go to 31 d or whatever it was and then i would just go that way and have my oh, compass th that was your atlas but i mean yeah. we oh. would buy the seven and a half minute topos oh yeah yeah We'd, we would always have those and so I always we did the, the same thing. I, we went to Colorado, the White yep. River National Forest. We right. buy the topos so, so we know the drainages. Back when I, you know, back in the day, I'd buy these. Uh, you know, we go up to Deadwood and buy the used cargo military pants. You know, and they had the little thigh pocket. I'd have every all of my maps broken down so it fit in that cargo pocket. You just whip them out, look just where you're at. Look. Compass and, and keep going. Yep. My kids go, how did you learn? My boys go, how did you learn how to use a compass? You used it. <laughs> you just freaking, that was. So, I mean, I remember I, I tracked a bull one time that I shot, and, and I was shooting feathers at the time. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd go through this phase every few years. I'd flip to feathers, to veins, blah. Why well, I, I caught this feather on my arrow in my quiver as I was drawing, and that bull stopped. And, I mean, I had him dead to rights. He was a stud. And I took my shot, and I mean, you've seen a whitetail jump a string. A, an elk is fast, and they are quick. And I, and I didn't get a good shot on him. I tracked him all day. So I, I am now, there's no GPS, right? So I find a tree with a bearing marker on it. That's how I found my way out, because I had to sit down, grab my topo map out, look at the bearing marker. I'm like, oh, okay, here's where I am. Boom, now I know how to get back to camp. So that was, it was a heck of a lot harder back then. Now, everybody should and could be able to hunt DIY because you can come out here and find out where it's the public land. Montana has tons and tons and tons and tons of public land. And now, Eastern Montana has Now it's ton. easy to find because it's on, it's on these apps. If you're willing to hike and work, it is easy, easy, easy to find. Yep. So that, in my opinion, is absolutely a total game changer. I remember after I got, I can't remember, I think it was the 12, I, one of my, well, my first uh, Garmin was it had a little flip-up antenna. And I remember Palmer calling, it's two weeks before elk season, September 1st starts, and we have everything now. We've had a couple years of GPS. And he called me and he goes, hey, is your GPS working? And I'm like, well, I'm sure it is. And he goes, I can't, mine won't load. Mine won't load at all. And so there was something with the Iridium satellite network. And I'm like, oh, um, let me check. I'm sure you're just, well, it was a mini panic. Because now, all of a sudden. You don't have the maps. Don't have, don't have all this data on GPS. And I'm like, no, mine doesn't work either. And I was like, no, panic, little mini panic. Called Garmin. They said, oh, yeah, there was a satellite. We, I can't remember what the deal was. They did something with the satellites. And so... They had to push a download on it or something, some deal. But it was, I mean, the difference of after you've gotten used to living off of a GPS and you had to rely on going back. Now, I always kept my maps with me, but, I mean, it's a game changer. Now you can right. hunt, find the public land, 
know how to legally get to from point A to point B, yada, yada, yada. So Montana mule deer, need a tag, need a place, and you need a weapon. What would you do? Brian Martin, DIY. A tag, a place, and a weapon. Well, uh, the easiest one to get drawn for uh, used to be would be antelope is not quite as easy as it used to be, but they're all about the, They're actually all fairly easy. But, but if you're going to do easy. mule deer. Oh, mule deer? Yep. Um, well, I would, uh, for me, I would go with a rifle. Um, I used to do a lot of bow hunting. Yep. So um, rifle, you'll need at least maybe a yeah. point. Yeah, one to two years. Depend yeah, if you're going to do, do DIY right now because of the, the excessive amount of applicants that been, they've been getting the last two years, you're going to have to probably have two preference points. So call us, get a preference point started. But then yeah, so let's get so, two preference points. So we get two preference points, and now you're ready. You got your tag, okay? Check. Then you got to decide. You're going you with know, the rifle. What do you do next? Now you got to decide, are you going to hunt um, uh, the western part of the, you know, the western Montana or, or central Montana or eastern Montana because there's a big difference. And where would you go? Well, Brian Martin. I, I like uh, I like my glassing, um, and assuming I didn't draw a bedroot tag or the front range tag where some of the biggest deer are, and that's a different application. That's not a general season. That's a special right. application. You know, I would probably hunt someplace in eastern in the breaks or down around Broadus or you know these kind of places where you can do a lot of glassing. And uh, you know, I grew up hunting and glassing and, and sagebrush and, and jump shooting deer. And so, but if you really want a giant deer, probably still some of the biggest ones are on western Montana if you want to get a giant. But the, the success rate is going to be extremely low. You could go backpack in the Cabinet Mountains. You know, you could go hunt. Um, the Gallon typically didn't have that many big deer. But I would say the, the place I know guys that got really big deer is in the Frank Church and Bob Marsh Wilderness areas. But with between the wolves and the bears and everything, there's just not the deer in there. And if you get bad wet winter, by the time you go into those areas with a rifle, uh, those deer could be coming out in some of the draw areas. So we're gonna draw we're gonna draw a line at Billings and say you gotta go east. Yeah. So I mean, I, I still have. I was when I moved down here from Canada this winter. You should see how many maps I have because I lived in Montana, Oregon. I used to hunt Wyoming DIY, and I would buy all the state state the, the maps they don't really have good topography on them but they're the forest service maps that has blm state land right and forest service and then you need to buy a topo map so when you get out there you can orient yourself but then the state land and you could draw them all in so i also like brad i grew up hunting without you know the gps's i didn't start using gps's until probably about 2003 or 2004 so you had map and compass and trails and but generally just a topo, topo map um, but main thing in eastern Montana is making sure you are uh, not on private land. And so I have actually yet to use the, the Onyx and what's the other products? Map. map uh, Go um, uh, hunt. Base map. Base, base map. map. base map. Yeah, and so there's a couple programs like that that are really good. I used to go to the <laughs> how courthouse. Many, how many 50-year-olds does it take to come up with one name? <laughs> I used to go to the courthouse so, and do research and, and actually take a map and then write down on the map who owned what, and you can see then where the access points are so you know who. So I actually go to all the courthouses of western Montana and get all the landowners. So you did a little research. So, so if you were going to hunt Montana, you get yourself a couple points, you draw a general deer tag, you'd go East River, you'd, you'd uh, go look at all the areas on a general map at where the biggest block areas of public are. and then Generally, that gives you an access where you don't have a chance of trespassing. And there's also one of the things that people forget. There's some really good whitetail hunting in the eastern part of um, yeah, good Montana. Point. Really, and good. there's actually some of the things is guys would float the rivers with canoes and rafts and hunt the big islands. 
And so, and sometimes you could do that in a couple guys and they would drive the deer or, you know, if you got snow, you can still hunt them. But I know some of the guys that got some of the biggest deer, you know, definitely the biggest whitetail would actually do that kind of hunting. Um, you know, well, I, up by Glendive and up in that area, there's a lot of rivers. Well, on the Missouri, the, the, the Yellowstone yeah. and the Missouri, yep. the two big rivers. Yep, they the come small in there. rivers like the Milk and those are too small for that. And even the Powder Rivers, probably I've never tried it, but I know guys are white. The Missouri River has a lot of that opportunity. At Fort Peck, at Fort Peck, that's big. You could float through the CMR. Some good. I, deer. I guided all, a, the, all those drains. I guided years ago. I guided a mule deer hunter out in the Missouri River breaks out there, and it was fun. It was big country. And you could spot across. I think we killed probably a 150-type deer. But it was, the guy was a whitetail and never killed a mule deer before. And we had a hard pack out, and that was a really a fun trip. So that was my first mule deer hunting experience in Montana. But Montana, once you go east, doesn't have as much public land as people think, though. There's, it's not like, I mean, it's only 33% public land in the whole state of Montana. Right, but, but, and, but, um, but not to play devil's advocate to what you're saying, but Montana's so damn big that the 33% there's is a, giant. In our opinion, there's a buttload in, of public land. In my opinion, and, there's a ton in Montana. And, and, and I mean, and that's not talking about your Waverly, Iowa. Well, you guys. also have block your, management. So no, one thing that Montana I mean, has is block management, but if it has vehicle, vehicle access, it's yeah. overhunted. I hunted block management a couple times. Yeah. With a, I mean, my personal recommendation was to find a landowner who maybe charged two or $300, and we would do that, and we'd pay him, and i have way better access and way better hunting by paying a few hundred dollars to go access a guy's if, place for antelope. If I was coming out here on a budget, I had my two points. I would do a rifle. Um, I, I would do eastern. I, I would do northeastern or southeastern, above or below the interstate. Um, personally, I would look for large chunks of BLM. Um, without, without a lot of public access yep, roads. Without a lot of public access roads. And then I would, I would camp out of my truck, and I'd be willing to go hike 7 to 10 miles a day. The ground's firm. You're going to deal with three big issues. Prickly pear. Okay. Yeah. Gumbo if it rains or moisture. A lot. Yeah. That uh, and and, and the Missouri breaks is really bad for gumbo. Gumbo, even even the flats. Uh, uh, yeah. Gumbo, prickly pear, and I, I would make sure I have a gator. And uh, um, uh, you know, there's going to be snakes. Um, for sure. There's going to be snakes. I mean, rattlesnakes are prevalent in Montana, eastern Montana. And the colder it gets, so the less issue yeah, that is. That's me more archery hunting. But you hunting. know what? We've seen. Snakes no. around running around in November. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. There's snow. How but, is this but, damn snake? But out I here? don't consider rattlesnakes that dangerous when you're not crawling through the cliffs. Where they get really dangerous is like when you're hunting Odd in New Mexico and you're crawling up the rocks. No, I understand. And you put your hand, but they are there are there for I'm sure. Just, yeah, I'm just making. We have seen them in freaking December with snow right next to them. Brian, I always consider snakes, rattlesnakes, dangerous, and they always freak me out, and I always try to. <laughs> Make sure that it, they don't freak the next person out. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. I, I do not like. I, so they're not my favorite. Let's so I would say yeah. I would say if you're listening today, Wyoming is a great great DIY. Wyoming, or, or I'm Montana. sorry, Montana. Uh, thank you. Montana is a great DIY opportunity. South Dakota. Let's talk about South Dakota because I got one for there's you. There's n- there's no good DIY hunting in South Dakota. There's As a matter ton of, fact, of it. They don't, they, no, that's you, not true. There is no, an absolute ton of it. No, and they don't even want to give non-residents tags. No, anymore. listen, listen. <laughs> I think I think we missed this when we talked to people. <sighs> South Dakota is an amazing public land for pheasants. It is an absolute, probably the best public land upland game bird opportunity in North America is is pheasant hunting, and um, the state puts a lot of pheasants on the ground, 
it, not everything has to be a big deer with big horns, does it? Or no, a big nice. elk. Well, one thing about let's, but go let's back, talk about quick, south. quickly go back to Montana. Okay, please. Uh, another another also thing good upland hunting, hunting yeah. sharp tails and stuff in Montana. Another yep. thing to consider what we did a lot is we would buy the combo tag, the big game combo in Montana, mm -hmm. and you get a you get an elk tag and a deer tag. Yep. And we would always find our wherever we were going to go elk hunting, Belt Mountains or whatever. You know, it was a general. A lot of times we would apply for a special unit permit. Didn't get it. We'd go to a general area. But then it depends on where you go. I mean, we hunted the long pines for deer, the short pines for deer. So they have some. Up by Ekalaka. Yeah, they have some big white tail. Um, you know, if Dave and Jason and I might jump in the truck and leave spearfish and get up there and hunt one day, go have a blast, shoot your three nice deer, come back home. It was super fun. Um, so there's, I mean, there's options like that. Um, floating down, you know, below Fort Peck. CMR, it's, it's, you know, I mean, there's tons there's, of stuff. To me, there's which, just a ton of it. Which reminded me. You can actually even backpack hunt that country. Yeah, that, that country's deceiving. You can backpack the country. You, know, you, you can exactly. backpack <laughs> the south. You can actually backpack southeast, too. Yes, there, there are some big tracks that you could backpack and set yourself up in there and be three days and kill a smoking deer. Which would be similar to the South Dakota. You could do that on the Missouri and hunt yep. all that public core of engineer land. Yep. All um, you could now. Here's the neat thing. Here's the thing that South Dakota, as as bad as it is, and nobody should ever come hunt it because it's super bad. But you can buy an archery deer tag. You can buy a rifle deer tag. Let's not get carried away and tell everybody all that. Okay. <laughs> you literally. Anything. We don't care if they come hunting to South Dakota. Just we don't we don't want any um, uh, liberal views coming here and voting. Um, our freedoms away, so then all of a sudden, you know, people leave California. Have you seen Christine Holmes' guns? She'll yeah, she'll exactly. uh, so smack you anyway, right back hey, to liberal um, land. So so <laughs> so South Dakota. It's funny you say that. South Dakota, in my opinion, um, we overlook sometimes the great opportunity for upland game bird. They have a generous limit. If you came out here with your two or three buddies or your son or your wife and you have a dog and you're from Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Pennsylvania, and you go, you know what, I, I love working my lab, there is a ton of amazing DIY upland game opportunity that there's a lot of pheasants out here. You can even hunt the road ditches legally in South Dakota. And, and it's a good way, to, if, you're, if you're a spot and stalk guy, you can see a lot of pheasants in the evening on where you want to hunt based on yeah. where those birds are flying. Yeah. Get in. My encouragement is, there again, come to western South Dakota, look at the topograph or look at the uh, uh, map and see where all the public land is. But I think it's great hunting. Yeah, it's got, it's got some goofy rules. You know, I mean, we were just talking about it today. South Dakota, we're the... We're the face. We're, we're just starting to get to the west. So, you know, the Black Hills. The are gateway the, to the west. The gateway to the west. And they want to be this western hunting state, but they have some wonky. That they don't allow you non-residents to hunt. The big game stuff is a little wonky. It's up. a little wonky. They, they don't have it totally figured out. And they're so ingrained, it'll be hard for them to switch. But upland game, the upland yep. game bird. And the other thing is, is if you go to Fish and Game's website, they have a great they, – they tell you what the bird population is. Um, they're telling you where things are at. I think it's – I think personally, I think South Dakota pheasant hunting is something that's overlooked by a lot of people for a DIY hunt. It's not going to be crazy expensive, but you can come out here for three, four days and enjoy um, uh, an amazing, amazing opportunity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a contrarian to you because if you're going to come for a DIY pheasant hunt, 
it's inexpensive enough to go on some of the places like we've gone. You take two days and man, and go to a it's and, not and go, that and, expensive and go to a a, a bird a, you a know bird res- a, a reserve a preserve and go yeah. and go do two days of that and two days of them. Yeah, because you're in for a couple hundred bucks. You know, I mean, it's it's really that's really nice. You get away from all the crowds too. Um, but yeah, you can hunt the road ditches for birds. Um, it's pretty neat. It's 121 days for a five day uh, to hunt in a five day period. You got to pick your window. You get, you get two five days. Yep. Um, is that what it is? Yep. Two five. No, you're right. For two, two five, five day, day periods. Windows. So you pick your window. You come out here and you go. And uh, we have the largest pheasants per square mile ppm yeah. in, in 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 all in the U.S. In the whole United US. States. Yeah, there's exactly. no other place that touches it. No, they're Chinese ring linked. I mean, there's there's pockets where China. I grew up in Oregon. There's pockets of good pheasant hunting, but yeah. nothing like here. And I haven't even hunted pheasants here. But everybody, all my serious client hunters that do pheasant hunting end up in South Dakota at some point. It's, it, you know, it's kind of, it's a rite of passage. You kind of have to do it. Um, you know, and it's a gentleman's sport. Starts it starts at noon. So what, what, what we do, which I, I love, we go archery hunting in the morning. For pheasants? No, 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 no. For no, deer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can do that. So, yeah. So, okay. You, can, you can be like Tim Wells and shoot him out of the air, that, you know, with the Yeah, with I'm the, not that good with my bow. I can't, so, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I can't fill my limit. I'm trying, believe. I'm trying to direct the narrative here, and it just keeps falling off the branches, and I, I, I'm, I'm failing miserably. Hey, picking hey refocus. Sorry. Come on, bring back. Yeah. Exactly. You're having an outside so, okay. conversation. So Brian. let's let's we're talking about DIY. We got people what about the waterfowl hunting? Because there's a lot of guys that like waterfowl out here. Waterfowl Montana has Wa- good waterfowl. South Dakota it. waterfowl is not as easy as you think. Is you have to draw a tag. You have to draw a tag. But and like Montana, I had friends that shot a lot of geese in Montana. Montana's easier. Montana's great for waterfowl. So I will tell you this: there's an acidic ridge in um, in South Dakota that makes it super unbelievable uh, waterfowl. And um, it's not as easy as you think. And a lot of those ponds in that area up there are um, consumed by either hunt clubs. I'm sorry, Brad, yeah. you were going to say that. Well, it's just, I mean, it's. Or outfitters. Yeah. You know, and some, sometimes you'll find people just hunker down in the ditch underneath a white sheet because you can road hunt and then you got a, you know, unarmed retrieval. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't done tons of that because it is harder. It's harder in South Dakota than you think. Now, out here, I have it on West River. I've went goose hunting. I had a buddy that had some, and he's like, "We got these geese." And I said, "I can go buy some decoys, and we can kill those geese." And he's like, "No way!" And we went and did it, and we just absolutely hammered them. But I, I spent my thirties chasing waterfowl right. from Winnipeg, you know, down to Missouri, and well, all and that's there. one of those deals where if you're going to do DIY stuff, you know, I mean, it's, you it's get hard. Pretty, Get pretty elaborate spreads of decoys in, yeah. and stuff like that. In the it's, day, I did the DIY in Canada, yeah. but but by the end of the thing, it was harder because the goosebusters were taking up all the release and all the, the all the stuff. But when we'd go up there, we'd just knock on a rancher's door south of Winnipeg, and they'd say, "Yeah, go kill the miserable fleas." And we'd pull out there with our trailer. But by the end, we had a, a, a double axle trailer bringing everything up. It was, it was pretty comprehensive. Some other good spots would be Wyoming. I mean, you got Wyoming antelope, you got Wyoming deer. A lot of opportunities there. I mean, if you get a region G tag, it's all public land. 
No wilderness area. You can go hunt that. Just Wyoming, in my opinion, the best DIY for archery or rifle, because here's why I say that. If you got a pronghorn tag and want to test your bow hunting skills, yep. there is a plethora of places to go in Wyoming for antelope. Lots. There's a plethora of antelope. Yep. And if you don't connect with your bow, guess what happens? Well, in Wyoming, you get a deer tag That's or right. an a antelope, antelope tag, and, and then you just buy. You you buy a you can buy archery an archery license. stamp, and and it used to be twelve fifty. Now I think it's like seventy eight bucks for a non. But still, it, yeah, you can so, still come out here, right? And and so you could you could buy the tag. You have your tag, unless it's a Type Nine or whatever. I mean, you buy a general tag, right? General. I'm just talking a general right. antelope DIY, right? And then you you buy the tag, you buy an archery stamp. Yep, I'm sorry, that's right. And off you go. You're bow hunting. You say you don't fill. You say you got an archery tag for, or say you got an antelope tag. You buy the archery stamp. You're out you don't fill. End of August. You don't fill. You don't fill. You come back in October, October with your rifle and you whack one. Boom, boom. And so the the license carries. That's super nice about Wyoming. It is and nice. Yep. It is and, nice. And, nice. Uh, and but the best areas in in Wyoming take longer to draw than Montana. They do. But I'm just talking. Somebody right. wants to come out here and kill it, a nice but, goat. I, most people. But who Wyoming are coming has out, more yeah. antelope, or as many antelope as all the other states combined. Wyoming's yeah. antelope population is like South Dakota pheasant population. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it like it, it's like. I mean, there may there might be on a good year when they haven't had die-offs. They may uh, there may be I've close to a million, a million antelope. I've been told a million. Yeah, and there's more than all the other states combined. I've been told there's more antelope in Wyoming than there are. And people you'll sh- shoot in general. In general, you'll shoot in general if you put the same amount of effort in and and you had a general season elk tag in montana or wyoming or general season deer or antelope on average you're going to shoot a bigger animal in wyoming than you will in montana exactly and until you, you unless a- you draw like one of the special tags in in montana i i my friends and hunting in, in in wyoming has a smaller population actually has a higher percentage of public land has bigger tracts of public land that are you know contiguous um yeah, so I mean, Montana probably has a little more public land just because it's bigger. But as far as a percentage of the state, I would hunt Wyoming over Montana, and and definitely, um, they're both great states for sure. Yeah, it's it's just interesting because you bring up such a good point with Wyoming. It's uh, it's it's there there that hunting to me DIY is awesome, and the contiguous tracts of land make it super desirable if you want to come out here. You could camp out the back of your truck and get in one of these areas where you could never hike across and, and find it all with all oh. the coolies and the, the well, bottoms, and you could chase antelope until your well, heart fell off. If you're a spot and stock hunter, hands down, Wyoming's better. The, the forest and the timber areas are more open. They're more dry. Montana doesn't have as many places because I hunted elk there a lot where you can actually spot elk during rifle season and kill them. Wyoming right. has a lot more they, areas they get, if you're a spotter. They get into if you liked, I, I, I shot most of land. my good bulls in Montana, tracking them in the snow, and uh, you know, be, in and around the Thanksgiving. I would wait until the last ten to ten to ten days of two weeks of the season, wait for the big snow, and that's how I usually shot my bulls because it wasn't as many good. If you didn't have access to private land, right. those big bulls were tired and they were in the heavy timber, and you couldn't hardly spot them. Archery hunting was way better, in my, in my opinion, in Montana than than the rifle hunting. Nebraska turkeys. Well, Nebraska. Well, yeah. Well, Wyoming turkeys. Nebraska DIY turkey is an amazing option. No, what Nebraska doesn't have is lots of public land. No, western, but western, western for Merriams. Now I know it's uh, with deer. It's a whole different deal, right? Yeah, I get it. But if you wanted to do a DIY Nebraska, I think the the big pick there would be 
the turkeys for a DIY. Yeah, in I can't remember when you know I've hunted, you got the Black Hills. Hunted there a ton. Yeah, but it's basically the Black Hills of Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, you got the sand hills. There's a bunch up. Up. I was just looking yesterday at well, all the public land there. Fort Robinson yep, and stuff like that, that by Crawford. Yep. So yeah, and that, I that's think got it's antelope. Little, that's got deer. That's it's, got Those turkeys. tags are a little harder to yeah, get. Yeah, they're harder. Um, but, but, the, but the turkey options, for yeah. a Merriam turkey in the spring, a DIY, I'm just trying to give some ideas. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what we – because I, there's got to be people listening going, wait a second. You have an, a, a giant advisory service, and you do – bookings all over the world with outfitters why would you be giving diy information well we love to hunt diy right <laughs> exactly why wouldn't we right so we just love hunters we yeah. want all, we want to help them all you know yeah, nebraska there's definitely an option for nebraska um don't you think though i do you know, nebraska has some really really good deer i just surprisingly i surprisingly feel like deer. south dakota pheasants wyoming antelope and nebraska turkey are kind of like their 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 uh, starline species, if you will. Well, no, you see, you see what I'm saying or not? No, I get it. Um, you know, I, I obviously we know some really really good turkey outfitters that just slaughter turkeys. You know, they bring yeah, it's tons coveted ton, tons and tons and tons, and and that's all. That is all. Well, if private. they yeah, the reality is though. Let's but, back up here a second. If you're not a DIY hunter. And you want to hunt Nebraska turkeys? Here's why we're telling you. It's this. almost, it's almost too easy. It's a slam dunk, and you're going to get the and most Dakotas brilliant have great turkeys. You're going to yeah. get the most brilliant, brightest birds, and you can get two or three birds in Nebraska. Um, South Dakota, if you're looking for the greatest pheasant hunting in the world, give us a call because we can book you into the greatest lodges right. on planet Earth, and you can literally shoot twenty birds a day. Right. Well, the other thing is you have, we, we haven't talked about, is a really good black bear hunting, which is over-the-counter in both Wyoming and, and Montana. It's funny you say that because I think my, uh, Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming are great over-the-counter black bear tags. Yeah, I mean, Wyoming gives you, you, you can bait, but you have to lo locate and you have to turn in your bait stations where you're going to be, so you just can't randomly bait in Wyoming. Um, they don't allow you to hunt dogs uh, with dogs there, so most guys don't have dogs anyway. But Montana is actually next year going to allow um, dog hunting for bears, but not baiting. But their spot and stock is good in both the states. Idaho has the most options because you can you can shoot two bears and you can use dogs. Um, I'm not familiar right now with the baiting laws in, in Idaho. I haven't hunted Idaho for bears, but I know a lot of guys hunt them with dogs, and they do spot and stock in the steep canyon. Country. I know this baiting is legal in the spring and fall. In Idaho. I think so. And yeah. Wyoming is. And then also some of the other southern states have a lot of bear hunting opportunities that people don't take advantage of. Um, yeah. But bears are another fun thing. You can come out and do a bear turkey hunt. You can start with the turkey and go into the bears. Colorado. Do it elk. yourself elk hunting. Because, yeah. I mean, they have more elk than it's everybody funny. else. Well, Colorado has the I biggest. I say Colorado elk. So Wyoming antelope. A Nebraska turkey, South, South Dakota, Dakota pheasant, and Colorado yeah. Yeah. elk. You got it. You got it. You got <laughs> well, Colorado has the highest, at least has had the highest population of mule deer, and the highest population of elk in the West. Yeah, oh, yeah. elk's not even close either. It's, it's ridiculous. It, now it'll be interesting because they're gonna f they're they're turning loose a bunch of elk killing machines that aren't licensed and they don't get tag limits. I, I heard they identified what the. Is there a, a vetting process to identifying a mating pair of wolves that they want to drop in there? What do they have, a, some type of pedigree bullshit?
shit that they're so doing with just, these things. I'm, I'm it's, really, it's, it's so agitating. Really, it's like concerned. you liberals that, that I mean, what the hell are you thinking? Let's one county votes in a whole state, right? And it oh, makes no sense. I've got no 20 sense. years of applying in Colorado. Here's what's uh, going to happen in Colorado. If you ever go to Estes Park and see the elk bugling, well, you better go, go fast. Dust, you better get your ass there really quick. But yeah. here's what's going to happen. Once they have a 24-hour uh, predator, seven days a week, 365 oh. days, those elk are going to be preyed on in the easy areas. Oh, wolves won't come into the neighborhood. Yeah, bullshit. They'll be there. They'll kill everything. And then guess what? You won't see your precious elk it's, on it's, the golf course It's anymore. not like mountain lions don't know the evergreen city limits. I mean, evergreen, they, I mean, there's elk all over in there, and they got this, this predator. It goes in. I mean, they literally have lockdowns in school. I mean, you can't, you, your kid, okay, there's mountain lion in town. We've been seen here, here, you know, I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, you think wolves are going to know the difference? No way. They don't care about any, I mean. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Anyway, it's just the most, well, it's honestly are, the most insane thing. It, it's going to retard the entire population growth oh. of so many species in Colorado. We got sidetracked, but there is a, there are a lot of elk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you the one that died. I know. I know. I, know. I just <laughs> read the article I, on it yesterday. Oh there's, there's probably more non-resident hunters hunt Colorado yeah. for elk than multiple states combined for the, you know. Yeah. If, if I was a no, non-resident. And they got multiple seasons, but they're short seasons. Wyoming and, and Montana, much longer, right. nicer seasons. Colorado's choppy. It's like Oregon, lots of short seasons. So if you don't hit the weather right, you can be kind of humped. Right, but we're like Montana. You got a five-week season. Is that a nice way to say screwed? Screwed, humped. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just check in. Yeah, but anyway, it's not. It's it's yeah. So that's the thing I like about the other states. Harder to get a tag in sometimes. But in Colorado, then you got these areas that take twenty plus points to get drawn in. Where even the best area in Wyoming won't take twenty plus years to get drawn. I think Colorado. You know, for me, we were down by uh, um, South Grand Junction and a little bit east. Hotchkiss. Hotchkiss. And and we you know there's giant deer down there. Giant, area. giant deer. No, and, well, there's and one. So oh, Colorado definitely. <laughs> Wyoming has bigger elk than Colorado on average, but but for sure Colorado has bigger deer. Yeah. Well, so there's the, giant deer. Yeah. But my point was, how many times were we hiking in the morning and you just see a random uh, elk? There's a lot I mean, of elk. Then, I mean, it's then you're glassing yeah. and you see a elk pop out, right. and you're like, they're just elk. You know they're, what I'm saying? It's <laughs> just different in it's, Colorado because they have a lot now. Are generally you're not going to shoot 340, 350 bulls. You're not going to be hunting. You're not going to be seeing 340, 350 bulls. But you got a tag, and you're going to have a second. There are a few right. areas that do produce 380, 390s, but not many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a second year five. Uh, you're having a fun. A second year six. You're having fun. You're killing a framed elk that's 270 inches yeah. and 280 inches. And I tell you what, you got a lot of meat on it, and and you you mount that or put a. European mount on the wall, and it, it it's a great representation of Super a great trophy. Cool. Well, not everybody can kill a three ninety three. And there's tons and, and pass tons. Pass on in the morning. There's well, tons and tons. Col- of Colorado has dozens of areas. I mean, I mean, many, many, many yes. areas where you can shoot one eighty, one ninety mule deer. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There are places yeah. in Montana you can bust your ass for the whole season. You will not see more than one seventy five. Oh, we. Oh, you're telling me. Copy that. I no, think, Colorado I think, has multiple areas. You could get a moderate area in Colorado and hunt it hard and shoot a giant. Yeah. Giant. So Brad area. and I hunted Montana between the two of us. So it was over a hundred days. But two years ago, 
I was uh, the year that we went back to back to British Columbia. I remember because I was fit. We're talking to Adrian earlier that year. I was fit, right? Right. And I, I, my wife liked looking at me that year. Uh, so anyway, we I fit into uh, Jason got me that uh, sweater that right, he right, right. And I, anyway, yeah. um, so I, I was just thinking I hunted almost every day of October and November at the lease, and we hunted Montana. I hunted my ass off and to speak to what you're saying i saw one buck one buck over 180 they just weren't there no no you know and i'm yeah but but it's fun hunt it's a rut hunt that's the that's the thing but my point is you go to colorado yeah and you could be in a in a in an average that you passed that buck on the second day I and passed. I passed better deer than that deer, and, and you that passed, deer is a stomper. You passed that deer on the second day. I begged you on day five to shoot a one ninety two to one ninety four, yep. and you didn't shoot him. And and that deer is a one what eighty eight one ninety or one eighty eight one eighty nine. Yeah, so, yeah, one eighty six yeah. type. That deer. deer is extremely rare. Yeah, in Montana. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's yeah. even rare. Colorado, that, we were passing that deer. Right, we passed that deer several times. We passed Wavy Buck. That I called yeah. him Wavy Buck several times. You, you passed Double Kickers. Yeah, which that that you, I think he's young. Yeah, he's one ninety five. Let's kill him. I know. And I, well, you know, you know what? It's it's it, Colorado has amazing, incredible, awesome mule deer. But DIY, yeah. we're digressing. And, and DIY can, is is definitely can, elk for Colorado. And yeah, you can do. D, and if you really have big balls and you want to bust your ass, you can. The only place you can do DIY every year is, for sheep is in Montana unlimited areas, and there's about five areas. Low chances of getting one, but it's but you a, can be sheep hunting. You can go sheep hunting outside of Alaska. It's the only place without getting twenty. Like Brad got it. That's drawn a good this point. Year. DIY sheep, Montana. But it, but it's it, I, I'm spoiled. Though. I was been a BC resident for years. How many years would it take me to go kill it? If me, you and I and Brad went back in there for my bighorn, for my slam, how many? I, years I, I think between me? three and ten. Between three and ten, we'd need to go to find a ram and kill it. Yeah, because it's some of it's luck. Some of it you create your own luck. You can hunt. Right. So you can wait for the animals to come out of the park, but maybe by then that somebody's already filled the quota for the area. Right. So well, I know guys that knew where to go kill big rams. So generally, if you really want to get a big ram or get a ram, you need to hunt early. And if you don't find one then, you need to also hunt late if the season's still open. Um, because some of these areas... Last year, they had a, a finorky deal because they, they overfilled last year's They overfilled season. because they have a 48-hour yeah. clo- closure nose. And if you shoot them in that 48 hours, it's okay. So they killed four rams in forty-eight hours, or more. Yeah, I think it was. But, was it, but it honestly, I, 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 you know, one of the reasons, was, one of the reasons I went to British, I can't remember, over by I, Red Lodge. I, I mean, well, it was. It was I hate that to, area. Yeah, but I hate to be facetious, but I mean, do it yourself hunting down here is a joke compared to where I live in in British Columbia and and even guys in Alaska. I mean, I could walk around zero applications, shoot a stone sheep, a goat. I used to be able to get a grizzly every year, um, a caribou, and a moose. And all of them had the potential to be near Boone and Crockett size. You had and, amazing opportunities yeah, and as so a to, resident. Yeah, so f- yeah, f- for as resident, I mean, for a couple flight costs. And so to me, it's like going from a Ferrari to driving a Toyota Prius with a rev limiter. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm serious. That's what it's but, like. But Brian, I got to tell you, it, uh. it, if I was going to hunt one place, they said you can go hunt one place. Uh, in the West, up North, I would pick British Columbia. I have never, and here's why, I've never sat anywhere and glassed and had a black bear here, a uh, grizzly bear here, a uh, caribou over here, 
elk chasing cows and over bugling. here. And you hunted a and low game density area. And looking at stone rams and ewes, and yep. I have elk, I have elk, black bear, literally grizzly bear, caribou, and stone rams. And, 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 and wolves in the moose. area, and deer in the area. And we see at. moose at and the same, we had a, the same and day. And we, we had a moose in the valley oh, that it's, it's the only place, even Alaska doesn't have that kind of no. game variety in one area. Only Really only the Alaska range and the Talkeetnas can you shoot more than two or three species. BC, literally, that's why they call Big Nine, Big Nine, nine big game species, including wolf. That's why they call it Big Nine. It wasn't because it was like some other name. Like, there's no other place that you can, and generally wow. in the lower 48. That's cool. I, I'd never seen anything like it. So, so if you're sitting here going, okay, I, I'm going to do one big game hunt, I would say call us about a British yeah, Columbia Because I think BC is going to open the in 2026. Oh, shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 I mean, so it's, that's why it's hard for me. I grew up hunting mule deer and, and you know, hunting on our property in BLM land. And then, you know, going some elk hunting. But it, it, it's really hard to get excited about, I mean, I guess a little bit jaded, um, about getting excited for some of the DIY hunts down here after what I've done in my whole life. But for people who haven't done it, it's, it's still really awesome to get out. But, I mean, the problem with DIY hunting for me is you're, you spend half your time or more hunting other hunters. And we're not to go in British Columbia. I never had that issue. In, in Asia, I never had that issue. In Africa, I mean, I can, I can name a couple times. I had big elk figured out. I had guys that were in there said, Brian, you need to go hunt here. And I had it all planned. I would go in there, and that group of horses had been in ahead of me and blew the, blown, blown the elk out. Yeah, right? your figure ground yeah. is so skewed because of... Yeah. Living in BC. That's, that's exactly right. He has a whole different figure yeah. ground. Because you, just, yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, like, it's like, well, okay. Almost <laughs> no. It's like, if we're going to shoot a 22 long rifle a day, we're going to shoot a 300 Norma, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've shot 22 long rifle a long time. I like shooting 300 Normas better, you know? Yeah. But um, but it's 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 hard work. A lot of hunting we did in BC is more dangerous, right? You had water issues, bear issues. Here you can go out for a couple days and go hunting yep. and have a great hunt. I got to where I don't even like hunting unless I can go for like a week because it's like getting warmed up. It's more like a training thing. I mean, I had one hunter. I'll never forget this. He said, Brian, when I was 18, 19, 20, up until I was about 30, he said, I tried to get as many hunting days as I could for anything I could do. He said, now, he said, my time is more limited, but he said, I budget. I want a two-week hunt and go after big animals. And he said, I, I learned the, you know, I learned by like doing my DIY type hunting when I was young and it made me a good hunter, but he said, I never killed anything good. You know, within reason. He said, now, he said, I, I spend my money and I go on a guided hunt or I draw a really good tag in the West and I go for, you know, one week or two weeks. I don't, tr and he said, I, I'd rather work six days a week and save my money and then go on really great hunts. But if right. you want to get really good, you go do the crappy areas and the general season areas. Yeah, you can build a lot of hunting skills you, cause, yeah, before because you start. Because if, if you only go guided, yeah. if you only go the easy private land hunts, you never really get to be a super skilled hunter. I mean, you no, just don't. No, I think everybody should starve and eat uh, spruce. I think everybody should go to Colorado elk hunting once and yeah. eat spruce fans and, and sh bowfish shoot, uh, bo shoot freaking and herd yeah. uh, little, uh, what do they call, little trout up so you have something to eat because you're like, I'm going to kill an elk the second day and we're going to be eating fat. Yeah, it, yeah. Six days in, you're tired of oatmeal and grape Kool-Aid with iodine pills so you don't get giardia from the water. I think everybody should experience that at least. Well, times. yeah, if you start in Africa, Africa or Texas or like a private ranch in Colorado with, you know, with a ranching for wildlife, it really, you, you have a skewed view of what actually hunting is like. Right. 
Well, so so let's let's just go down through this. So we get a Garmin, we get a good GPS. We know that you still have your compass. We still have. I'll tell compass. you why you like the compass because you got a mirror in the compass and you can use it for reflecting light. And if you get something in your eye, you got a mirror to get your contact or whatever out, and you can still use it for getting direction. Mick frickin' Guyver. Well, I have this. I assume you got the. I don't even know what. I think the company that Mike. It's got the mine Suunto. closes. The, is it Suunto, Suunto makes good compasses. I always yeah. have a Suunto compass. Yeah, and it's got. The mirror, it's got a rear the mirror is great it, though. So you can you, yeah. can you can use the mirror for reflecting light, and if yeah. you ever get in a pinch, I always take the backup. Always, it's just like a, it's like a ballistic program. I don't ever just have the ballistic program on my phone, you know, or in the rangefinder. I want some kind of a cheat sheet. Or at least memorize it out to 500 yards. If I something happens, have a Suto and the same Suunto compass is with like the that. Rear lines, with the rear line sights, so you can line yeah. up and go. I'm going to pick this line, and you can pick a coordinates. And you know what you reset, know. Reset, reset, reset. And yeah, you need so to Dave, know what true north is. Yeah, I mean, Dave used to work in the woods, and he would mark. So he would count. You know, he got used to counting his steps. He could so dial in with a compass. I mean, if you can find somebody like that that you can learn and from, then, too. And then you go to Africa, and you get guys with built-in compasses, like, literally. Yeah. They're like that, the honing well, ability of a I pigeon. Was, the natives up by um, uh, the uh, Bering Sea where we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they dead reckoning. There, oh, my gosh, the dead well, reckoning. It's like yeah. practice. It, to me, it's like some little girl who starts ice skating at three years old, and she's, like, doing spins and flips at 12, and you and I go out there, and we just pile up like a big pile of dog crap, right? I mean, that's how most <laughs> people are when it comes to navigation. If they don't start navigating at a young age... Um, you, you know, they just—it's just, it's just is disasters. There, is there some because I've been doing this for forever, and and it's that's a hard skill because I don't have a great sense of direction. I, like, I, I had a I had a hunter once. I mean, we pulled. I mean, he goes, I don't know how you got us back here, but I'm sure glad you did because we hiked for three or four hours in the dark. <laughs> I would side say I have stuff. a better than average sense of direction. I pulled some good stuff out yeah, of my ass over the think, years to get back. I don't back. think it's a, a totally learned skill. I don't think so because I was it's, it's, to that. We used to go. We used to go uh, mushroom hunting in the Schwamigan National Forest in Iowa on the river bottoms, <laughs> and we would get way back in on Boy Scout land. And I would always tell my mom, "We just got to go this way, and then we'll hit a ridge, and then we run that way." And and I can, it, and it was just you know it's 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 one of the things is too is always looking back. Like when you're going, always yeah. look back, and it's practice is paying attention. Just like somebody who's in driving in a town, they get used to the push their GPS and they don't even know what street they're on they just know the GPS says turn right and it's the same way when you learn how to drive with a map that you bought at the gas station versus use your GPS you have a way better idea what the town is actually like and when your GPS quits you it's like holy crap where am I so I always I, I, I don't use a GPS for navigating usually unless I'm in a pinch so I would I'll, I'll sit like if I was going to hunt an elk wallow and I find a great elk wallow I'll GPS that I will GPS you know, well, a you kill know what site. we used to do? We used to just write them on our little map, Elk Wallow, and, and then fold yep. it back up, put it in a Ziploc bag, and get your compass back out from camp and go, okay, tomorrow I'm hitting this ridge, I'm running down that, get above the thermals, and let's hunt down. You get up at 4 o'clock in the morning yep. and start humping mountains with a bow on your back and your pack, right? Yep. So, Oh, dude, the worst, dude, I was doing that like crazy loving life. The only time I really get turned around bad is let's say you're in a canyon that doesn't have any one direction and you get super bad fog and it's black. That's when you the GPS and the compass come in because it's super easy to be walking the wrong direction then. Yeah, and then you're, so you never you're never doubt your compass, never doubt your GPS. And if you really want to be super, if you're life dependent, I would tell guys to take two GPSs. I used to carry two. I would carry my Garmin heavy, in reach and my GPS. Heavy fog in a big canyon, um, what's or that? in the flats. What's that when you get turned upside down in a plane? Um, uh, 
Vertigo. Thank you. Vertigo. Or like so when Biden has the, dementia. The pilot, the pilot knocked that out. All right. So here's what we got for you. In wrapping this up, Montana mule deer. Okay. I think that. Or that, whitetail. Uh, or deer. whitetail. Montana deer. Um, People I overlook think it's the whitetail. Really I think you're right. Montana deer for DIY. Colorado elk. South Dakota pheasant. Nebraska turkey. Wyoming antelope. Those would be their signature star line species for those states. And then if you are a real low odds, but I'm going to become a sheep hunter and I don't have the money, Montana, become unlimited. a sheep hunter, unlimited areas. Yeah. I would say that would be a good overview of this, even though we kind of chased around a little bit, had a lot of opinions. But I will tell you this. I get a lot of people that say they get a lot of gold out of this. Hey, listen, we sincerely love all the feedback. Thank you very much for that. And uh, we, we, we love you plugging in. Be sure to subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. Tell somebody about us. We sure appreciate referrals. Word of mouth is always the best marketing. And uh, if you're from Canterbury, New Zealand, thanks for listening. Pioneer, California, you're awesome. Newark, New Jersey, we appreciate you. Uh, North Richland Hills, Texas. I think that's actually like a real snobby area. Um, but that's okay. You're not snobby for listening to us. We appreciate you. Sova. So, Sova? Sova on the island of Fiji. Thanks for listening. And I wonder if that's always, Anthony Robbins. He goes there sometimes. Yeah, because that's where his hideaway is. So right? Fiji yeah. used to have, they, they were big for cannibalism, weren't they? Wasn't that Back in the day. I don't know what that has to do with us. I think so, That's Papua New Guinea. That's Papua New Guinea as cannibalism. Thank you. It it wasn't I don't think Fiji. I think they ate coconuts and whatever melons (laughs) they could get. But, hey, here's the baddest-ass name of all of you. Walungaba, Australia. Hey, we keep growing there. We might have the whole town listening to us soon. And we do appreciate you plugging in. Thank you very much. And uh, if you want to leave us a great review, leave us a great review. Until next week, stay healthy, stay safe, happy hunting, and uh, we appreciate you here at the Bone Cave. Actually, this time you're going to be happy humping more than hunting. Thank you for joining us today for this episode, this world. I was going to say thank you for joining us for this world of episode. Hunt the world with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Okay, let's do that. That's yeah, that, a, that was, was a disaster. Mess. All right, no. just, just gather yourself. Just breathe a couple. I want you to do three in deep breaths. To f*** your life coach now? Let's go. <laughs> All right.